Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the Too Bad for That Guy edition. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm already stressed because I'm like, okay, that means this guy has died. <laughs> or there's something lodged in his ass. I mean, that's... I have no idea. Those are two great guesses. Right? <laughs> I've, I've, no, it's right. I've been on this show before and I know how it goes. Or, or it's a parasite. Ooh. Okay, we should get into it. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is in between 065. Neanderthal stuck in well. Sounds about right. And fastest human made object in the universe so far. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> is it a rocket? Is it. That's all I can think of. <laughs> uh, but I gotta know more about this Neanderthal. <laughs> That's, it sounds embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> I know, stuck in a well. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with just the amazing Marissa Riley. Oh my God, thank you. It's so good to be here. It has been a long night <laughs> full of shows all over New York, and I'm not going to lie, I'm so happy to be doing this show. Yeah, this is your third show well you just had three shows in yeah New York. yeah i i had um a, a another podcast recording i had one show in the city one show in brooklyn now i'm back in queens <laughs> and we are recording and this is the one i've been so excited about <laughs> all the i'm like i can't wait for jill to tell me about something horrible oh my god we've got just, oh, it's going to be great. Amazing. I cannot, I cannot wait to tell everyone. If this is your first time listening, <laughs> if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here it comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. So. I, I had no idea what we were going to talk about. I don't think Jill even gave me a clue. She has been giving no. me clues about our Christmas episodes. And by oh, clues, yeah. I mean, she said they're going to be good. <laughs> That's like, she'll, she'll like come up to you in the middle of the week and she'll be like, this next episode. Not the one we're doing, but the one like two weeks later is no, going to be incredible. But this is, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it always is. And I'm like, that doesn't help. What is it about turtles? I don't know. And then she won't tell me. I know. What a tease. What a tease, Jill. <laughs> so today, I guess we should just like totally begin let's let's launch let's, just, let's do it let's begin let's begin by heading back in time several million years to the kooky 1990s oh my god it's so long ago <laughs> it's, it's, 1993 to be exact holy shit and we're spending the day with an equally kooky group of italian cave explorers of course we are <laughs> who decided today's the day they're going to squeeze their bodies through crevices of a cave system whose limestone has been worn away by running water over the millennia. Now, okay, so there's yeah. a lot of things I want to do yeah. with my life. <laughs> but cave, <laughs> this goes back to my constant theme of the outdoors, but cave diving sounds horrifying. Yes, it is. It sounds horrifying. Yes, it, it is. If, if you've seen the movie The Descent, um, yes. it just looks terrifying. It looks like you're going to get trapped you're going to run out of air, and you're going to run into each ancient cave creatures. Mm. Ancient cave... I can talk. Ancient cave creatures that are going to kill you. I mean... Does that sound right? 
It sounds exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'm not going to do it. But I'm happy these Italians are. They're, I mean, they're gearing up. Uh, fun fact, those small spaces are called karst barholes. Okay. Karst Karst boreholes. Karst boreholes. That sounds like a name. Yeah. And another fun fact, uh, this is all taking place in the picturesque southern Italian town of Altamira. Oh, my God. I know. We should name our daughter that. It, sounds, <laughs> it probably means like pig fart in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where is pig fart? <laughs> my friends, please picture the stiletto boot. That is Italy. Gorgeous. Okay. Everyone okay. sees it. Please point to the high heel. Okay. Okay, now move your finger up and to the left okay. just a bit, and here we are in Altamira. Pig fart. <laughs> in Dr. Riley's uh, translation. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm a doctor. So, their descent into this cave system went completely fine. Oh, good uh, for them. And, yeah, every, everything seemed pretty typical until they wedged themselves a little farther down into one particular tight crevasse. Oh, no. About the width and the depth of a well. I smell a cave creature. <laughs> now, at the bottom, they found a scene straight out of a mob movie. Oh, shit. Now, greeting them was an exposed human skull. Oh, my God. And what looked to be that person's shoulder bone just peeking out from, like, one side of the well's ancient walls. Just, like, as though, as though it was coming out of the wall, reaching out. That's terrifying i yeah, mean yeah a, a cave creature would have been scarier but this is the next creepiest thing yeah. is to see a person right reaching out of a wall reaching out of a wall this is that exactly is what it looks like so unsettling uh-huh yeah but it was clear this was no recent mob hit uh the partially exposed skeleton was bespeckled with stalactites oh you know those little structures that resemble like icicles oh yes hanging oh. down from cave ceilings now they were all over these bones. Oh, God. And my friends, the image is haunting. Oh. Uh, so, of course, we're going to take a look at it. Of course. <laughs> I had a feeling. As so. soon as you started talking about it, I was like, oh, we're going to see this guy, are gonna We're going we? to see a photo of it. Uh, Dr. Marissa, here is the face that greeted these cave explorers. Please tell us what you think, how you feel. Uh, please describe the number of formations. Um, oh, okay. and, <laughs> and if anyone would love to take a peek up, uh, all of the photos we talk about today will be on our social media stuff, so please come on by and take a look. Yeah. You could also Google the words Altamira, Italy, Discovery, Neanderthal, and uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, you, you nailed all of those words. I did. That was I, a lot of tough words. <laughs> so Altamira is just beautiful. Uh, here is the photo. Please tell us what you see. I would love to. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm looking at the photo. Yeah. Um, Wow. Uh-huh. I know. I, I would like to start with how I feel, which is so uncomfortable and scared. <laughs> um this looks like this looks like something straight out of like Game of Thrones. This looks yeah. absolutely horrifying. Um okay, so I'm looking at a wall. Uh yes. that doesn't sound scary. It gets scary though. And out of the wall, upside down, is uh a human skull face. Yes. Um pushing out of the wall and then above or below this human skull face that's coming out of the wall is some human bones. Yep. Uh, again, coming out of the wall. This is an amazing picture. All of you should look at it. And the creepiest part of this is it looks like the skull and the wall and the bones around it are bedazzled. Yes. That's what it looks like, but it's not rhinestones. 
It's uh, stalagmites. Stalactites. Stalactites. I always say the wrong one first. Stalactites. So um, this is creepy as fuck, but it's also like... It's coming it's out like, of the wall. It's insane. I, I, <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. This is fucking awesome. It is creepy as hell. And I'm so glad I'm not there. Yeah. My friends, let me introduce you to someone who has been dubbed Altamira Man. Ah. And after the explorers found him... They hauled ass out of the cave and reported their findings to researchers at the University of Bari, just a few miles east. Uh, this led to a wave, of, a wave of anthropologists, biologists, and geologists gearing up and squeezing themselves into and down the same well as the explorers. That's a lot of people. It's so many people. And yeah, they saw the same site. And yes, they were thrilled beyond belief with the finding. But there was a problem. Just I, one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Let's let's get to the biggest fucking problem, okay, Doctor Marissa. According to phys.org, phys.org, an amazing website. Please check it out. Uh, please tell us what was the problem and how did scientists deal with just how to try and figure out who Altamira Man could be. I I would love to tell you because I'm also curious what the fuck happened to this guy. All right. Quote, the remains were embedded in rock and were covered in a thick layer of calcite. It was thought that excavating the remains would cause irreparable damage. And thus, there they remained, leaving researchers to rely on casual observation for their studies. For that reason, there was some debate initially about morphology and age. Subsequent study led to a consensus that the remains were of an archaic Neanderthal, of a homo genus, believed to have been widespread in Europe 200,000 to 40,000 years ago. And quote so this guy is fucking old he's fucking old but we're not sure not sure at all i wouldn't be sure either yeah if i saw (laughs) some bones i'd be like i have no idea yeah couldn't tell you yeah ultimate man was stuck as fuck and his skeletal remains over time became became fused to the surroundings and fused (laughs) (laughs) fused to the growing stalactites uh, their best guesses on who this person was and the time period they lived could only be vague and vast estimates based solely on the, the size of the formations around him. Wow. So, yeah. Just a quick, just like a quick refresher. Uh, we've spoken about stalactites before. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember the episode, You Really Need to Look at These Holes? Do you I remember mean, that title? I, I couldn't forget that episode if I tried. <laughs> yeah. That one is tattooed in my brain. <laughs> Yeah, we mentioned that stalactites grow less than four inches every 1,000 years. A slow, slow growth. That is slow. So slow. It's so slow. I'm like upset at how slow that, like, hurry up! So with all the measuring and the math, they suspect that this being lived as, as far back as 200,000 to 40,000 years ago, which is like a huge time frame. Yeah. I mean... Jesus. That, I mean, that doesn't help. No, it doesn't. I mean, it helps, but it. We. I feel like we. We could do better. Yeah. Science. Come on. Yeah. So, it was the best they could do in 1993. Oh, I forgot it was the 90s. That's right. But hold on to your skulls. Oh shit. Because we're time traveling forward to honestly the shittiest year, but 
If you had to be alone in a cave, it was the best time. Oh, no. It's 2020. No. Yeah. Why? <laughs> so, why? That's right, my friends. 2020, I mean, we live in a time where DNA and dating technology can solve just about everything and the Altamira Man mystery. It's not a problem oh, whatsoever. Oh, okay. All right. So, as reported by the Journal of Human Evolution, a team of scientists led by Giorgio Manzi... Amazing these... name. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you want to say it together? Giorgio, Giorgio Manzi. Of these... I'm hungry now. <laughs> of these uh, sapienza, literally, it's Amazing. sapienza, oh, University of wow. Rome. I get it. Uh, they were able to extract a genetic sample from the shoulder of our eternally trapped man and samples of that calcite. Now, it wasn't easy to do. Just to give you an idea of how far down this body was, it, it takes 20 minutes to reach it. That's quite a commute for a cave. Um, <laughs> 20 that's minutes! quite a commute, and you're like on the ropes and all that shit. That's and how tight and... Uh, 20 I'm, minutes. I'm claustrophobic for them. Ooh! Yeah. But they fucking succeeded. Dr. Marissa, please tell us what techniques did they use and what exactly did they find? I would love to talk about this. All right. According to Ingrid Barnett of Ripley's.com, quote, they used uranium thorium dating to reveal that the stalactite in which the skull is embedded dates between 187,000... It's it's such a big number. I'm not ready for it. A hundred and eighty seven thousand and one hundred and twenty eight thousand years ago, they plan to uh, test the sample DNA to find out whether it can be sequenced. If the DNA can be sequenced, they can hope it will reveal significant details about Neanderthals and their place in the history of humanity. In the meantime, these findings make Altamira Man the oldest Neanderthal bone sample to ever yield DNA. End quote. So the Altamira Man is like the oldest yeah. man. It's like the kind oldest, of. It's the oldest person to ever yield DNA. Yeah. It's crazy? the oldest man with an asterisk. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But that's so crazy. It's I, insane. I, it's so funny because earlier I was like, I've heard of this before. I feel like I've seen like a Guardian article or something yeah. about the Altamira man. Yeah. And so Altamira, apologies. Um, and now I'm like, oh, because it's, it's an old guy. Old as fuck. Yeah. 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 I figured it out. Yeah. So as researchers attempt to sequence this person's DNA... Uh, we can tell by the jawline and the teeth that this person was a young adult male who didn't have the best oral health. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> he reportedly was missing two teeth and had lots of plaque, uh, which is actually quite surprising for his species, Homo neanderthalensis. Really? Yeah. Who walked the earth for a damn long time from about 350,000 to 40,000 years ago. And apparently they were adamant about dental hygiene. Really? Yeah, I know. Uh, Giacomo, I'm sorry, Giacopo, Mojo. We, we got this. We got this. <laughs> so Giacopo Mojicacci. Nailed it. Oof. A professor in the Department of Biology at the University of Florence told CNN.com, quote, the tooth loss is something interesting. We have a large fossil uh, record of Neanderthals, and that's not typical. End quote. Oh my God, wait. So they were 
good. I mean, like, I have terrible teeth, and I brush my teeth, like, three times a day. Yeah. They had good... What the fuck did they do? They had amazing teeth, apparently. Were yeah. their teeth just good? Were they cleaning it with <laughs> leaves and dinosaur bones? No. What? what? No dinosaurs, no. No dinosaurs, <laughs> no. but the bones were there. Yeah. Anna. They were, they were just... They, they understood. Wow. They, they understood flossing better than me. So, <laughs> so. This is embarrassing for, for everyone <laughs> yeah, right so. now. So I know what you're thinking. How and why the fuck is he there? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's yeah, move on from the teeth. Great question. My theory, uh, a guy who's missing two teeth and is probably the kind of guy to say, hold my beer. And went into the cave and never came out. Yes, 100% um, your theory. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm with it. Now, there's no way to ever know why he went in, but Jacopo had a theory and what happened once he went inside. Oh so, my God. Dr. Marissa, please tell us what he told CNN back in late 2020 in a very dramatic and Italian way. I would love to. Um, I can't do an Italian accent, but I can do a dramatic uh, rendition of this. All right. Quote, this individual must have fallen down a shaft. Maybe he didn't see the hole in the ground. We think he sat there and died, said Moji Chechi. Quote, the original shaft he fell through is no longer there. Uh, I'm so bad at this dramatic uh, rendition. Um, it's been filled by sediment, so we are confident the entire skeleton is there. No animals could have got there. End quote. How was that, Jill? It's, um... <laughs> I think that's the hardest I bombed tonight. <laughs> You tried your spookiest. I tried my spookiest. I love it. Um, so, point being, it sounds like he fell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically he fell through an opening in the floor and was unable to get out, subsequently dying of dehydration, Ouch. probably. Uh, it's very difficult to say, but one day, perhaps another 20 years from now, we could safely remove Altamira Man and see the rest of his body, which reveals a lot more. Yeah, maybe yeah. he had a tail. I know. I'm a <laughs> maybe he had a tail. I'm a murderino, so I'm wondering if he was just dumped there, you know, after some ancient Italian hit job. Oh. Especially since he was upside down, which is very interesting. Yeah. As you know, I'm going with I murder. Mean, I don't think this is aliens. I do think this <laughs> is uh, homogeneous to homogeneous murder. Yeah. Just they just threw him down there. Yeah. In it's my possible. opinion. Yeah. So time will tell. Um, <laughs> after the break, we're moving on from stock to warp speed. Oh, shit. I know. Stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We're back, and it's 2018, and all eyes are on the launch pad at Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. Ah. <laughs> in the Sunshine State, which is, of course, Florida. Aha, back in Florida, I see. <laughs> that's, that's right. Believe it or not, uh, this story has the words Florida and success in it, uh, which is rare. What? And Florida, we- <laughs> look at you! I'm loving it. And we have NASA to thank. Uh, it was because that year, on August 12th, an incredible first 
lifted off. Uh, Dr. Marissa, please tell us what is so unique about the satellite NASA sent in space sent into space. I would love to talk about it. All right, from nasa.gov, quote, the Parker Solar Probe is humanity's first visit to a star. I know. Oh my God. NASA's historic Parker Solar Probe mission is revolutionizing our understanding of the sun where changing conditions can propagate out into the solar system affecting Earth and other worlds. Parker Solar Probe travels through the sun's atmosphere closer to the surface than any spacecraft before it, facing brutal heat uh, and radiation conditions to provide humanity with the closest ever observations of a star, end quote. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty obsessed with this thing. (laughs) Dude, we've never... We've never been to a star. We've never been to we've never been to the sun. We've never been to the sun. Dude, the sun rules so much it's in a, our lives. I know it's right over there. It's it, it <laughs> the sun is why we have summer. The sun is why I have skin damage. The sun <laughs> has changed so many things about my life and it's all I know. Some of it's awesome. Hot take. Fuck Mars, right? Fuck Mars. Maybe we should think about We the should sun. focus on the sun. <laughs> Should we go there? No, but we should send more fucking... I love that this is a probe. I love that we're going to space without going to space. That's so (laughs) chill. I love that. No, we're going to space. This is very into space. I mean, we're going to space, but there's no one in that probe, is there? Not at all, no. That's what I love. It's like working from home as an astronaut. What? Okay, tell me more, Jill. Tell me more about this. It's perfection. This fucking probe. Yeah, that's right, my friends. This probe has been orbiting and probing our sun since 2018. Yeah, it has. Sorry. (laughs) Providing invaluable information. And along the way, it's been absolutely shattering speed records along the way. Uh, And this is all to all due to the bonkers and brilliant method NASA scientists have come up with to get Parker closer and closer than ever before. Amazing. Now, long story short, when Parker whips around the sun, it hurls itself out and into the gravitational pull of Venus, which helps slingshot it back to the sun. And all of this slingshotting, if you will, is throwing Parker into warp drive. I am obsessed with everything you just said. Yeah. Uh, uh, slingshotting uh, into the the gravitational pull of Venus. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and uh, throwing Parker into warp drive. Yeah, that's the name of my favorite '80s song that doesn't <laughs> exist. I am obsessed. Okay, I'll stop telling our listeners how obsessed I am with this. Tell me, tell me more, Jill. Continue. <laughs> Don't let me go on a tangent again. <laughs> her hand is in her face. Don't Sorry. don't let me warp drive again. <laughs> So check this out. According to blog.nasa.gov, just this past November 21st, Parker was within 5.3 million scorching miles of the sun. That's actually really very close. And we're going to get into it. That's really close. Okay. And it was moving at a wee 364,660 miles per hour. I, I just want to point out before yeah. we move forward how crazy like space numbers are and yeah. how crazy space math is. Yes. Like I love that being 5.3 million miles uh, away from the sun is close. It's incredibly close. And, it hurts. And then I love yeah. that moving at, and get correct me if I'm right, moving at about 300,000 miles per hour is fast. 
That is so fast. It's so fast, but these numbers are just wild. I know. It's crazy. They're just, I know, it's massive. So let's put that into perspective. At 364,000 miles per hour, you can get to the moon in an hour. That sounds too fast. That just sounds too... I don't need to go to the moon that fast. Uh, that journey, my friends, on average, takes about three days. That still sounds way too fast. <laughs> so moving at that speed, you can get there in an hour. In sum, it was moving about 101 miles a second. Oh, my God. Okay, that I understand is yeah. fast. 101 miles a second. That's so crazy. That's too fast. Yeah. It's giving me um, nausea. Oh my gosh. I'm <laughs> so, sweating. And good news, it's only going to go faster. Dr. Marissa, please tell us, as noted by NASA's blog, how fast and how close will Parker get in the not too distant future? I, it's really fast and really close. Oh my Spoiler. god. Spoiler. Okay, okay, okay. I believe you. Okay, I'm obsessed with this. All right. Quote, at its closest approach, the Parker Solar probe will hurdle around the sun at approximately 430,000 miles per hour. That's uh -huh. very fast. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's fast enough to get from Philadelphia to Washington, D.C. in one second. Yep. Holy shit. On the final three orbits, which will take place in 2024, Parker's solar probe will fly to within 3.8 million miles of the sun's surface, more than seven times closer than the current record holder for a close solar pass, the Helios 2 spacecraft, which came within 27 million miles in 1976, and about a tenth as close as the planet Mercury, yeah. which is on average about 36 million miles from the sun. And quote, that thing is getting damn close. Yeah. I'm stressed. Yeah, Mercury is 36 million miles from the sun, and this is 3.8 million. It's Dude. it's it's just rubbing up against the sun. Hey, it's all up in that sun. It's all up in that sun. <laughs> That's right. Put it on its toes. Put it on its toes. So, yeah, my friends, you're also probably wondering how in the hell can something get that close to a raging nonstop nuclear fireball? I, I was ah, wondering. Good question. Enter another ingenious solution. Uh, an umbrella. You're shitting me. Mm-hmm. Imagine a four and a half inch thick umbrella or slash shield made of a carbon composite, which is able to handle up to 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit. A fucking it's umbrella? A, it's an umbrella that's four and a half inches thick. I am amazed at this. Yeah. Uh, I mean... It's, I mean, it's it's a carbon composite, but bitch is thick and it's but it's an umbrella it's so cute <laughs> it's i, really I realize the umbrella is not like the umbrella i i used and lost last night yeah. but it's still i love that we were like there was someone in that laboratory or wherever they do nasa it was, it was a woman who was yeah. it was 100 percent a woman who was like why don't we just make an umbrella and now all the guys were and then she was like no you guys why don't we make an umbrella and they were like oh Oh. <laughs> hit us up if it wasn't that <laughs> what we just hit said. us up i and then someone stole her idea and pretended it was their own yeah i guarantee you yeah. hit us up email us if that wasn't what happened yeah what or email us it? your theories yeah. i gotta know <laughs> so, anyways so hopefully within the next two years parker will make 
even more history by solving a decades-long mystery by providing data that leads to our understanding on how, quote, energy and heat move through the solar corona, or the outermost part of the sun's atmosphere, and what accelerates solar winds, as well as solar energetic particles. Uh, Scientists have sought these answers answers for more than 60 years. We don't know how they move, end quote. (laughs) I love that something so important to our lives we still know very little about. Dude, we don't know how the sun does the thing. How does it do the thing? Parker, (laughs) help us. Help us, little probe. Big probe. It's probably a big probe. That sounds gross. Anyways. (laughs) That was from (laughs) blog.nasa.gov. So now here's the thing that will really blow your mind. More than it already has? Yes. Uh, This all sounds incredibly fast, doesn't it? Yes. Now, the un- here's okay. So the universe is so vast and everything is so spread out that even if you could maintain that 430,000 miles per hour top speed, yeah. Okay. It would still take you 7600 years to reach the closest neighboring star. My head and face just blew up. <laughs> she just died. I just died. I'll come back to talk about everything. <laughs> she just she in literally just died. I just it the, would take over 6,000 years to reach people, the next star. And people want to go to space? Yeah. And people, I'm shaking my hands. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm shaking my fist. And people want to go, you want to go to space without a space degree? <laughs> space degree. I, I'm so unintelligent. I don't even know what that degree is called. Fuck if I know. I just. <laughs> I'm like. I just have why, a podcast. Why do people want to go to space unless it is like their life's thing? Yeah, you need a four and a half inch thick shield just to go by a star. Yeah. So your ship would need that if you want to go to space. Yeah. Wild. Right? You have to like think about that kind of thing. I think we need to use more probes. Um, (laughs) Mostly so in conversation, I can talk about probes because it's the funniest word. Isn't that the best word? It's my favorite word. It's, it makes people so uncomfortable. It's so great. Except for our listeners. I feel like our listeners are so cool that they're going to also use the word probe constantly. Use it today in a sentence. Please use it today in a sentence. Make someone else uncomfortable. Yeah. Or talk about Parker. Parker's <laughs> a fucking badass probe who's doing stuff that we can't do because it's too hot. He's probing like no one's probed before. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh, wow. So, <laughs> thank you for listening, subscribing, you. telling your friends about Parker. <laughs> and uh, what the fuck else did we talk about? Oh, that Neanderthal stuff. The Neanderthal. So embarrassing. We went a long way. We've that's, come. That's what this episode is about. We we've went been from- on a journey. We've slingshotted around the sun. We went from someone stuck in a well. We also did this. We could, and then we can make a thing. Yeah, <laughs> we we <laughs> made a thing that went. They can go really fast. Yeah, so. it's wild. It's so wild. Here we are, uh, and please <laughs> stay interesting. Please, please do probes. <laughs>